Hey, what's up, addicts? It is April 17th, 2021. Welcome back for another episode. This is episode 64. Tonight, we got myself, your host, Steve. Joining me is none other than Mr. Ellie. Say what's up. What up? What up? Ellie in a business. Yeah, that's right. We also got Dev. What you got for the folks, Dev? He's taking a shot of fireball at the moment, so. I I got fireball. That's all I have. Uh, I got some. I got some peach, Amsterdam. There you go. And uh, you know how we like to start our our shows. We we always give pay homage to former Washington football players. So with this being episode sixty four, we're going to give a tribute to Kendrick Golston, the great sixty four from the Washington football team. So Phil, give us a little give us a little knowledge on uh, Kendrick Golston. For episode 64, I am going to pay tribute to a, uh, well, a pretty well-known, though not much heralded player in Kendrick Golston. He was a backup defensive tackle for most of his time here in Washington for 10 years from 2006 to 2016. But uh, in that time, there were three seasons where he was a steady starter. But He's probably best known for being a really key rotational piece in two of our, I'm sorry, three playoff teams we had during his tenure, as well as the fact that he is one of the most active uh, members of the team in the community in the past two decades. So there's something to be said for that, for a player who was a steady rotational piece, but very active in the community, very active with charitable organizations. So tribute to Kedrick Golson. All right, Phil laid the knowledge on us, Mr. Human Computer, even though Dev thinks thinks otherwise. We're going to go ahead and get... It's autism. <laughs> it is, honestly. Put it out there. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a beautiful, beautiful creature. He doesn't even know it. Beautiful mind, you mean? Like Rain Man? Beautiful mind. Yes, Rain yeah. Man. Um, all right, so it's been a been a slow slow couple weeks in, in the Washington football news arena, but they did sign... Uh, Sammy Reyes from Chile, Chile as a tight end. Now they had this, I forget what it was called verbatim, but it was this international uh, combine of players. It was a very small group of players. I don't remember if Marty Herney or um, Martin Mayhew went out there. I believe it was Marty Herney went actual to this international player combine in person and they signed him after, after the combine. So Sammy Reyes, I mean, he's very, if you've seen the pictures and, you know, ladies, men, keep your ladies, keep your ladies away from, uh, from, from these pictures because he's, he, he's got the visual, uh, the visual skills, but he, he weighs in measurements, uh, six, six, 260 pounds. He's got a 40 inch vertical, 10 and a half foot broad jump, 31 reps on the bench at 225. I want the record to show that Steve said this guy's handsome, not Sean yes. or L.E. That was Steve. That's, that said. Hey, hey, I got no, I'm, I am, I am fully, fully secure with my manhood. And he did his 40, 40 yard dash at, at four, six, five. So everyone's comparing those, those advanced metrics to Kyle Pitts. So just straight off the, off the back, Ellie, what do you think about the signing of uh, Mr. Sammy Reyes as, as, as our tight end right now? Uh, irrelevant, to be honest with you. I think a lot of people automatically associate 
basketball players that convert to tight end to Antonio Gates. Um, maybe even Jimmy Graham, Reed, Jimmy Graham, too. Jimmy Graham, Jordan yeah. Reed, stuff like that. But the amount of tight ends that have converted from basketball that don't work far out, out exceeds the ones that do work. So until we see something, it's irrelevant. I know he played like high school football or something like that, but chose basketball. I always think when you choose basketball, you chose basketball for a reason. It was because you didn't want the contact of football. You know what I mean? You wanted to try to stay healthy and nothing wrong with that, but you made a choice, a conscious decision, which makes me a little bit nervous about you converting back to football when basketball didn't work out for you. So to me, he's probably a practice squad guy for at least two or three years. And then you see what you got. But by that point, I'm guessing we'll have moved on. Right. And he, he played two years at Tulane, 2016 to 2018, 24 total points. He didn't really do much on, on the basketball court, but I think his average of like one point something points a game, but he's got that physical stature, but Deb, we, we think about seeing Reyes as a, uh, as a developmental piece, man. I think it's, it's good. If he ends up at all part of the offensive rotation, that's a win. I would think, right. At least right away. If he gets any snaps on offense comes out with a, a catch at all. I think that would be, a win. I think he's a long shot to be a daily rotational guy. You're looking at second or third at best tight end. And we have like three slot receivers on the team also. I wonder how often we would use a double tight end set where we'd have receivers go out for both receivers go out for tight ends go out for catches. Like I don't know how many double tight end sets we're going to run next year where both tight ends go out for catches. You know, that's all I want, man. I, all I want I would be so happy if they went up and grabbed Kyle Pitts because not that, I mean, unrealistically, I just love the two tight end sets. Is, that, mean, is I, that who you want, Kyle Pitts? I mean, like if no. That's, this draft, that's who you would pick? Yes, absolutely. He, I think I, he is the highest rated physical athlete specimen in this draft. I like Micah Parsons more. You do you? I mean. Yeah, I, I've been wanting Micah Parsons on teams since college football started last year. For, for fit, I get it. But Kyle Pitts just, I mean, if you remember when we had, Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed healthy at the same time. And Jay never let either of them see the field together. Now, I don't even, I mean, I, you could probably count on the number of your fingers, the number of times those two dudes were on a field at the same time. You can't stop it. You just can't stop two dynamic tight end threats. I'm not saying Logan's a, a dynamic tight end threat, but he he's okay. You know, he's, he's, he's better than decent, good. Though. I think. Yeah. And, and Ellie made a good point. So I watched a little bit of this international combine and, He's got, he looks the part, right? He looks stout. He's got almost no body fat. He's very fast. But if you watch the combine and watch him catch the balls, he looks clunky. Like he looks, it's non-natural. Like a meathead. (laughs) Yes, he looks like a meathead playing football. I wonder if he's more of a a fullback tight end than a receiver tight end. I wonder if he's more in that. That like I said, with that much muscle, I would imagine somebody running at you on a on a lead block or in or a chip block or some weird stuff. That would be hard to, you to know, handle if he likes to block. Who knows? You know something? I remember uh, a long time ago, Cooley did a breakdown of Brian Arakpo, and he said he was too muscular to where he couldn't really move the way he needed to, which is what held him back. He kind of seems to have that same kind of deal where he might be overly muscular. But when you convert from uh, a ball player, a basketball player to a tight end, you're also not going to be very good at blocking for a long time. So he's going to have to be just a movement tight end. But at that point, you're only coming in the game when defenses know what you're here to do. So I, I, I know I know I guys are going to point at Fant 
did yeah. it from here from uh, Bowling from um, Western Kentucky. He played uh, basketball. Never played football here. He's but in he the NFL. He's a he's, highly paid tackle. He's he's a wildly inconsistent tight end too because I have right. him in fantasy. So yeah, he's a he's a tackle. Noah Fant. Not Noah Fan, it's the other fan, the one that went to oh, the Jets. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said Noah Fan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the other, it's the other fan. Um, I mean, it, it if if it lands, hey, that's great. That that is a that's Dogecoin, which we'll talk about here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> it it really is. It costs you nothing. Now they gave him more money than they absolutely had to, and they threw some incentives in there. I don't remember the exact contract numbers, but I remember. You know, they gave him like six, six or seven hundred K, I think, with a kicker for for a little bit more. So, hey, if it works out great, I would love for him to be the tight end, too. And he he but you're right, Ali. Blocking is a finesse thing at tight end. It's it's easy to run and catch the ball. Blocking is hard. And we who was the last blocking tight end we had? Logan Paulson. He was good at it, too. Yeah, Jamie Asher. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, 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 it doesn't. We've always had these dynamic tight ends, so when they're in the game, you know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. You know they ain't running the ball. Now, so me, it would be nice to have someone who could do a little bit of both. I agree. Now, let me ask you guys this: Are you guys upset we didn't give Moss Thaddeus Moss more of a chance as opposed to bringing this dude in? I'm not upset. Yes, because you are. Why? Yeah, I mean, I felt like. And I feel like what's the what would have been the max what would have been the what would have been the end goal this year for either one of them anyways to be in the rotation? Like I mean, it's like yeah. so. You mean you got rid of a guy who probably was cheaper than this guy, mm-hmm. and our and has at least been a tight end and had at least some kind of ability you could use. For right. another for what you pass up some for show for some I don't know man. <laughs> you know what? That, that's, that's what that's what they did. But but, but 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 I, I mean I don't understand why you, you could have yeah. why not have both? Like why can't you just keep both? Who's on the team stopping so, you from having both all of them? So, yeah. Listen right now, it's it's Hemingway. Logan Thomas, Tamara Hemingway, Marcus Ball from Ohio State, mm-hmm. Dylan Cantrell. I have no idea who that is. It's fast. Tyrone Swoops and then Sammy Reyes. Is That's Tyrone Tyrone. Swoops, he, played he, for... he was a quarterback at Texas, right? I don't know. I want to say Florida. I thought he was no, the Florida. Oh, I thought he was Tyrone Swoops. Yeah, he was a quarterback at Texas, I believe, for the longest time. And then wrote switched to I mean, it's another quarterback who switched to tight end in the league. I don't get it. Like the thing with um Moss was at least he was a true traditional tight end. You know, he was a blocker first and then a receiver second. Right. Maybe that. Maybe whatever his injuries were, that it, it just they probably felt that maybe it was too much for well, Cincinnati picked him up like two yeah. days later. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I'm wrong about swoops too. Oh wait, no, no. I don't know. I swear he was quarterback. I see. I see. Uh, at Texas, I I thought it was a. Uh, I, I remember for, a slow, uh, swoops for Florida, but that's not him, obviously. No. Yeah, no, he was a quarterback. He did play quarterback. I'm sorry, Maybe. the same guy. Yeah. Man, what's up with what's up with the NFL always making quarterbacks turn to tight ends? Tebow didn't do it. Logan did it. It's a it's a good fallout for tall guys who are athletic who play quarterback in in college. It just it it works so rarely, you know. Like it's it's such a crapshoot. Same thing with basketball players going to tight end. It just yeah. They find, it's at one place you can go. And, and try something else as tight end, I guess. I feel you. 
All right. So if Sammy Reyes works out, hey, it's great. If not, then, you know, whatever. It's just one one more thing that we did, and it, it's not costing you much. But I do appreciate that the NFL is actually doing these international player combines. I, I bet you – I wonder if other teams are, are – are, you know, sour for not participating or, or not, you know, if he turns out to be something good, it might be something that people start, start attending. And I wonder if, if there is a waiver order for this, like how is it first come first serve is these, these dudes do their combine segregated from the regular college combine. And then the teams make them offers and they pick the best offer. Like, I, I don't know how it works, but I'm guessing that's probably how it works. No, I think they get invites to like pro day. So like they they just go to he went to Florida's pro. He day. did go to Florida's, yes, because he was catching yeah. balls from Caltrask. Yeah, I think they just like assign you to a particular pro day, or you can petition to be at a pro day, and then you work out. I I, I have to imagine if this is a international open borders program, it's first come first serve. They don't want to limit any opportunities that you know guys like this are going to get. So, right. So moving on to the to the next segment um, in our slow Washington football news week. It came out, it was released. I don't know if it was leaked or not, but Dan Snyder is basically suing Bruce Allen in a court of law. He wants to question Bruce Allen under oath about his involvement in all of this nonsense that took place last year, particularly after he was fired from the team. You know, we were hashtagging fire Bruce Allen for the longest time. And it is believed that Bruce Allen had what, what was it? So if you don't remember, there was an India, an Indian, not Native American, an Indian media company that was leaking a bunch of stuff that was derogatory towards Dan Snyder. And according to the affidavit, it is believed that Bruce Allen might have had some participation in this. He, he had 87 separate phone calls totaling 1,237 minutes with a man named John Moag, who was an investment banker who was working for the three minority owners who were trying to sell their interest in the Washington football franchise, which we know was just approved two weeks ago, I believe for the full sale of the three minority owners. So all this, all this, all things being equal, it looks like regardless of what happened, Dan finally probably caved and said, yes, y'all can sell. Let's just move on. Or the, the Beth Wilkinson investigation has something to do with this, but minority owners sold. Here we are. The next step is Dan is now suing Bruce in a court of law. So, Deb, what would you think about all this this drama? We just can't get hey. out of the limelight, man. We can't get out of our own way. Hey, it sounds like Bruce might have been out of pocket. I mean, to keep it 100. I think that Bruce, we found out Bruce was a snitch, man. You know, the guy, you know, the guy who they're thinking he's the guy who leaked. The, he's uh, associated with that. Uh, what's it? The guy was abusing women. Uh, Epstein. Epstein, yeah, they had a, I guess they were saying that maybe Bruce Allen was the one who put that out there, uh, sitting in one article, that's what he wanted to find out too, in a defamation suit against that uh, Indian uh, newspaper. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man, to think that uh, that Bruce would be that petty if he did do it. But can you see him, can you see that being true? I, I don't know. How many man. calls that was? 87 phone calls for 1200 and almost 1300 minutes to this, to this, to this one person representing all three minority owners. If it walked so, like a duck, Steve, hey, and it talked like a duck, it's Steve, probably a motherfucking duck. Probably a motherfucking duck, man. You know, I don't know. Ellie, what, do you, what do you think about us, Ellie? This is the reason people 
have such a hard time with Daniel Snyder. You won, bro. You won. You kept your yes. team. Yes. You, after all that scandal, you're a complete owner. Let the rest go. Who cares what Bruce Allen does or says? Let it go. And, and just work on repairing your reputation. But now instead of doing that, he's jumping out the window, all the way out the window, going to continue this circus when this circus could already be over, right? We could be focused on football. Just keep it moving. But he, his ego says he's got to go after the guy that puts some bad dirt. And I get it. That's how billionaires are. But he's man, now, now, bro, but think about it, man. Think about it. You're the leader of this team, the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody says you out hanging with Jeffrey Epstein and making all these, uh, trying to purchase, you know, ass for cheerleaders on trips and stuff like that, man. They're like making these rumors up about you, man. You but already who, who and all was, this stuff now. When's, well, the last time, when's the last time you heard that being talked about? I understand that, but if it ever happens, though, you gotta think of how that. How what's next? If I do nothing, what's next? You know, it's it's almost like it's almost like a gangster feels like I, you know, nah, he's like I can go kill this dude, but you know I fair. can let him go. But then if I let him go, it's gonna look like I'm soft, and then someone else is gonna try something even worse. So but you gotta just, make an example out of them. Just, he just went through an investigation internally by the league, right. so it's not the same thing. He needed to take the high road here and just let Bruce be Bruce because the investigation turned up because. Not all the stuff that Bruce was saying was false, right? Like he's only going after him for the false stuff. It's it's silly because now it drags more of this out into the public eye. It's just it's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. Definitely sometimes you got to take your losses, man. Petty Petty. Sometimes your losses are wins. That you know yeah. what I mean? You're right. He 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 came out on top. I mean, we don't know what the Wilkinson report is going to say, but he's, right. keep, he's but keeping his team. Find, but if you find out that name. Bruce was behind that too, behind getting all the, all that stuff out there. You know, you know maybe, all, maybe. all we know right now is it is is Dan thinks Bruce was linked to the 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 negative stuff that was coming out about him being at Epstein Island and the India India media company. But I don't know, man. It's it's petty PD is what it is. Ellie's right. You won. I I Dan is just the type of person where you know I think he he has to have the last say. He wants to be in the right. He he cares about what other people think. And the and the the, men, the mentality of sticks and stills and break my bones just does not apply to him. You like to put a hot sauce on it, man. You already got him. Not, it's like <laughs> you're just like knocked out on UFC, and then the other guy follows up. I mean, he's already out on the ground, but he's land one more before the rip gets in there. That's what that's Daniel Snyder. He's that one extra. He's that Dan Henderson punch, man. On Bisping, you got to ignore the noise, man. That's that stuff's irrelevant. Just like the athletes who respond to play to people on Twitter, like why, why in it, why you don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, it it I don't know. It just seems like it's it's not worth his time, money, effort. But I he probably feels that he's 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 trying to keep his reputation. I think, regardless of what happens. So I don't know. Outside of this drama, the, the team seems to be moving in the right direction with the name change with, with all that other stuff. And, and, you know, speaking of the name change, I don't know if you guys saw some of the renderings and, and all the, all the nonsense that came out this week, but you know, they sent a season ticket holder survey of names out. And we're talking like the, it was the monarchs, the rubies, the, I mean, just some absurd names. I don't know if that was deliberate just so you could go ahead and eliminate some of these names, but it was all over Washington football, Twitter, all over Washington football, Twitter. And you know, my was in charge of all this is either an idiot or a fucking genius. Right. It came off as this is typical old school Washington yeah. Redskins, but maybe it was just showing that, look, all these names we got were dumb. So we're going to stick with football team, but I saw DC football club, which was kind of cool. 
but the rest were the ones we've always seen, always heard. And, and I don't know, maybe they'll give it to the mainstream public, but did, did y'all see, see all that stuff on, on Twitter at all? Yeah, we, uh, it, I saw, uh, some of the season ticket holders pointing it out. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't get the point. I, and honestly, if you ask me, I think they're botching this whole name change thing. I really do. Like, I just wish they would just like the, if you're not going to go with the public opinion and they're not going to do that, they're going to go with whatever they think they can monetize the most. Just do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't need to make me feel like my voice counts. My vote counts. I don't own this team. I'm a fan of it. Call it whatever you want to call it and just get it over with. Stop trying to appease everybody. Right. And I'm not going to lie. Someone posted in our Washington football addicts, Facebook group, this rendering of it, not the Washington red wolves, but the Washington wolves. And it wasn't the name that got me. It was everything else surrounding it. It was the W with the backdrop of the city in the background with the claws going through it. And at the bottom, it said one pack, one den, one city. Not in that particular one. I was like, man, that, that has some potential. So you know what? Who, who knows, right? It, it was just something that went out there. It was kind of silly, but it, it did have that vibe of what do you, what are you guys doing? We were doing everything so right. And then you do this. <laughs> right. So I don't know. It's, it's just another thing. We we're almost there, fellas. We're almost there. <laughs> we think we're crossing that, that hump and, and something like this comes up, but we're almost there. We're almost back to being a normal franchise. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then Ellie, you brought up a good question during our, our pregame. And, and I think we should really talk about it is, you know, coming into to this season, what does Scott Turner have to do to win us over? We all know last year was his first full year of being an offensive coordinator. And it was blatantly obvious starting the season. He had some hiccups, you know, calling, calling certain plays when he shouldn't have. And we all know that he did not focus on the run at all till probably what week four maybe week four, something like that. Yeah. Like Antonio Gibson didn't get any real burn until, until that it was time. like week six, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even that, but you yeah, know, I'll turn, I'll turn this over to you, man. What's your, what's your thoughts on what, what do you think Scott Turner has to do to win us over going into his second year as our offensive coordinator? I think, uh, you know, you hit it, commit to the run and that doesn't have to mean Antonio Gibson, but I think you have to commit to the run, be it Peyton Barber or some draft pick we're going to get. I don't know. Like we are better or no, we are best when we run the football, right? Because it opens everything else up. I love the signing of Curtis Samuel. I like Terry McLaurin. You cannot just commit to throwing the ball every single play just because you have those two guys. That's not enough to win in the NFL. You need a run game. And I want to see that. And then I want to see game flow play calling right like you know play call is getting a rhythm and there's a rhyme and a reason why they're doing things they're setting things up for later he didn't do that he was just calling plays to call plays and they made no sense and they were very random and you could tell he was very new in this I hope he spent this offseason with his dad with other people around the league formulating how you call a game in the NFL and why you do what you do because there's a method to everybody's madness and I hope he learned that yeah, I'm with you. It, and it's like he didn't know what he had on offense until halfway, three quarters of the way through the season. He didn't know the dynamic 
of Logan Thomas, which honestly none of us really knew. He didn't know he had that weapon in Antonio Gibson. He didn't know that J.D. McKissick was going to be so dynamic out of the backfield like Dev told us from day one. It just took him so long to figure that out. And, you know, it, it's it, it, I hope he figures it out because, like you said, I would love to see more situational game flow calling. And what, what used to piss me off about Jay Gruden I want to say his first, I don't know how many plays they scripted, right? Where they go into practice and they know that by they have the first X amount of plays memorized. Was there at the first two series, three series, 15 plays. 15, something like that, and yeah. those plays ran smooth as butter. butter. After that, all hell broke loose. <laughs> so Dev, Dev, what do you, what do you think Scott Turner has to do to, to win us over, man, as an offensive coordinator? I agree. Just, um, I guess maybe it's going to be hard to be a complete runs, you know, oriented offense with all these receiver signings. But I think we could get our receivers the ball in running situations like jet sweeps more often. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a couple of quick hitches out from the slot or, uh, you know, uh, screens and things like that. I think those are going to be key in our offense under Scott Turner. Um, I think that we would have to, we're, we have enough tools we can get a couple of mismatches on linebackers this year where it's just not McLaurin or Thomas and sometimes McKissick. I think now you have to worry about uh, our wide receiver additions, Humphreys included, uh, along with uh, Samuels, along with whoever, maybe Cam or, or uh, Harmon or the other Sims. You know, you still have to be account. Somebody still has to account for those guys. And I think you could get, you could catch a linebacker on some of these guys in an offense if we set it up with the run first it's maybe you think we run it a lot more but it's i'm kind of conflicted on it because of the signing of ryan fitzpatrick that's not generally how he's been handled well see that's the thing though uh turner's going to decide whether fitz gets benched in week four or if he gets benched later in the season because if he comes out trying to throw every play with fitzpatrick he's getting benched before week four and then where are we? If he if he commits to the run and at least gives the defense something else to key on besides Fitzpatrick, then I think maybe there's a chance he makes it to week eight. But it, it's it's going to get ugly quick if we come out trying to throw the ball every play. And, and that's a perfect, perfect uh, reinforcement of why they should commit to the run. Don't don't put it all on Fitzpatrick's shoulders. I wonder yeah. if that committed to the run, though, what I'm saying is that maybe it's getting receivers the ball on jet sweeps and bubble screens and slip screens. I wonder if that, because those are technically pass plays, but essentially they're run plays. I wonder if that's how they'll get the ball to these guys. I, I, some people in their mind, I think they see them throwing down the field like every play because you got Ryan and some receivers. But I'm thinking maybe that's not what they do at all. They just do a bunch of play action, quick passes to receivers, slants and things like that. True, but I mean, he, he shouldn't have to drop back and throw on first, second, and third down. That's that's the bottom line. You have Antonio Gibson, make it third and three. That's a new offense, though. Get that's a new NFL's pass on first down. True, I'm not gonna argue that. It, it it really is true. But we don't we don't need Ryan Fitzpatrick making what any more than 30 attempts a game. If we do, then oh my god, 15, <laughs> 15, give me 15. He going six and zero. Oh, watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Watch until he's going to happen. Six and zero, oh, then he's going to throw. Then he's going to throw one hundred interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> he <have> the one hundred <laughs> interceptions. 
He's all, he's never won more than six games in a season in his career. You know that, right? 2022 going to be the first, big dog. 2022? I'm telling you what's going to happen. 21, 20, whatever's next. He'll be going that, on 40, and he going his – okay, guys. Y'all, y'all expect magic from Beans, I swear. I think we're going to lose every game after that. We might go six in whatever yeah. – how many games we're playing yeah, this year. Six and 11. I, mean, I, I love I love how many people sorry Steve, I love how many people are buying into Fitzpatrick now just because he's been here a little longer. He is who he is. That doesn't change. What did Dennis Green say? They are who we thought they were. You guys are gonna say <laughs> that. But and everywhere he's went, the only reason this is a different situation, everywhere he's went, there's been a I'm not gonna say a prominent quarterback in the waiting, but there's been a semi-good quarterback behind him. He doesn't have that here. Like, you know what I mean? He had Tua in, in, in Miami, and in Tampa he had Jameis. Who does he have here? You're not going to say Taylor Heineke. You're not going to say Kyle Allen, Steven Montez. Logan who, Thomas. Logan Thomas. Or, <laughs> or they go get Trey Lance, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, let's do that. Who? I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Maybe. But who? Who? This is a weird situation. It's almost like he's the outright flat starter, and there's he has no one looking over his shoulder, which is kind of scary. I got what I asked for. That's exactly what I said I wanted. I said, man, just get somebody that's outright the starter, and I won't be mad. I'll be mad if you get Mariota because I didn't think he would be. And then we got Rodgers Patrick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's going to a way, bro. Patrick. Yeah, no he does. He, yeah, I – but hey, I was wrong. Wrong. I was wrong about Julius Randle, so I can be wrong about him too. You know they're gonna trade him any any day now, so don't worry about it. <laughs> watch, watch. First round draft pick. Watch. But so for me, Scott Turner, I would love to see the situational play calling better. I would love to see the use of the run more because you can do so much off the run. Don't put the pressure on the quarterback. We don't have a Tom Brady. We don't have an Aaron Rodgers. Take the burden off the quarterback. Run the damn ball burn the clock out like it's just things that we didn't do till halfway to the season so that's what that if scott turner does that i would be i would be happy because you can do so much off the run it's like a boxer who has a good jab which we'll talk about in a second and and if he can just find a way to capitalize on all that i'm not gonna say all that talent but we have some talent on offense it, it would just be nice there was times last year where things just weren't flowing and i get it we had like a billion quarterbacks but there's no excuses this year. What's the excuse this year? You got your starting quarterback, air quotes. Let's go. And and I think we're, we're we we don't know what's going to happen with the OTAs because you're starting to see some scuttlebutt about players just not showing up. They're not getting paid. They don't want to be there. COVID, you know, relying on COVID, which I can I can understand. So this might be another challenging season that we have where coaches don't have access to players in the offseason and then we're already going to be down one preseason game if that is that correct we're down to three expanding out yep. to 17 games now for yep. a regular season it's going to be interesting we'll see we'll see what happens but hey addicts we'll be right back after this quick ad from anchor so kind of segueing a little bit off washington we talked about sammy reyes right low investment high payoff to me, I kind of said it earlier, that's Dogecoin. So, Ali, our resident Dogecoin expert, how are you feeling about, about the Sheena Ibu taking us to the moon and, and Elon <laughs> Musk giving us a little kicker on the way? 
Oh man, it's great. It's great because it's making a lot of people a lot of money. And I think it's only going to continue. Like <clears throat> when the thing with cryptocurrency is you want to make it past two years. Generally, most of them don't make it this far. Uh, this is Doge, Doge's seventh or eighth year in existence, and they're starting to peak. There's so much momentum behind this. It's always going to be something. Now, will it ever be Bitcoin? I don't know. But I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And you're going to go through lulls. Those periods are going to happen. But I think my prediction is this time next year, Doge will be worth $64. That's that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah. $64. Because it's it's a it's it's like a hot air balloon, man. You know, the, the more hot air you put into it, the higher it goes. And people are starting to get on this wave of Dogecoin. And so many people are making money off of Dogecoin now. Like your average Joe has no idea about crypto, no idea about stock. It's just I see it on Twitter. My neighbor's doing it. They're talking about it. It's just it's gonna keep spreading. And we're going to be the beneficiaries of that because we got in early and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, there's an acronym that hard, you know, OGs of the crypto world say it's called HODL, H-O-D-L, hold on for dear life. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I hadn't touched it since February. And then when this latest boom hit, you know, it, it, it grossed me a lot of money. I'm not selling it. That's going to be my kid's college fund. It's going to be my that's roof, my windows. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, yeah it's exposable, excuse me, disposable income when I put into it. I'm not trying to get rich off it, but if I do get it, hey, great. I'm holding on to it. I'm not I'm not selling it. I'll probably buy more. And it it's just fun, right? For the for the people that don't fully understand day trading and don't have time to to follow stocks and do day trading and this is this is fun to watch. You you throw up Robinhood, you put your code in and bam, you have your graph. It's 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 so simple. I wish yeah. that, you know, it it's kind of fun too because if I remember correctly, that Dogecoin was supposed to be a joke. Yeah, it was. It was designed you, to be, you know, a mockery. And now look at it. I tell you what, the joke is the joke's on y'all, motherfuckers, because Dogecoin just bought a whole ounce of weed for me. <laughs> did you did, yeah. you did you sell out to 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 get some or someone no, sold something to get some? I'm just saying that people taking Dogecoin for treats. Yeah. Are they? Well, see, hey, the more yeah, around here, it, around here they do. And I, I don't, I don't consume. Or I don't like participate that, either. But, <laughs> but police officers. The more, the more uses you can find for something like that, the better. It's funny though because it gives my wife a heart attack. I walked in, I showed her my phone. I said, "Look how much money we got with Dogecoin." And then an hour later, I walked in there and it was minus fifty four thousand dollars off of what we had we made. Boy, like, we ain't showing that shit, did you? I did show it to her because I, but I, but a part of it is just understand that. It's, it's, it, that's what can happen in this. But right. Steve, I have no ambition for this money from Dogecoin. Right. And I'm thankful that I don't need it. It's just there is something that's fun and keep me occupied. And it's, it happens to make it a ton of money. It's my kids' money. Whatever they want to do with it when they're 18, 20, 25, they can do with it. I care not about it, but I just enjoy the competitive aspect. Even if you're competing against nobody, it's just, you know what I mean? It's a game that we're, we're doing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And and as long as I don't lose what I originally bought into it at for me it was 3.3.1 cents yeah. average buy you were you're much lower. Most of my stuff was much lower too but the average buy I, I, I'm okay with it. It it's fun. It's it is fun to watch. It's it's fun to watch on Twitter to watch the different doge 
you know, Twitter handles, tweeting stuff. And it's mm-hmm. fun to see the celebrities, Elon and, and, um, Mark Cuban get involved with some of this stuff. And it's just a break from the norm. It's a break from the, the wall street day trading and it's unregulated. And they, I know they don't like it. That's why I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's kind of a, a slap in the face to the people yeah. that try to, and look, we're like 75 cents from like all, no, I guess not everybody, but a lot of people I know are like 50 to 75 cents away per coin from being millionaires. So it's kind of cool because where else are you going to kind of get this kind of thing in life where it's like, here's something that could really explode and you have access to it. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, for such a little initial investment, but it's, it's yeah, fun. Absolutely. And, and it's a new day and age where, where we can have this stuff at our fingertips before it was, you know, I got to get a broker. I got to get, no, you just download a certain day trading app and bam, you're, you're now in the game. I heard a rumor. They're going to start uh, using like Dogecoin as a like video game currency. Like how, uh, how uh, 2K does VC virtual, virtual currency. They're going to like replace that kind of stuff for it. I think that was the original intent of crypto period was to be used for like online stuff like that. And then I think it just kind of like, the whole concept of blockchain stuff is so complex, right? Like even like the fact that Dogecoin exists based on the algorithms behind it is so complex. I think people saw other uses for it, but I think people developed crypto as a way to pay for things in games. And it's kind of manifested itself as this decentralized banking system, which is interesting and also terrifying. Now, and this leads me to my disclosure, Anybody, if you don't have money to play with, do not get involved in this kind of stuff because this could fold up its tent and go away tomorrow. And we would have no idea to who to go to to complain about our money being gone. You know what I'm saying? It's there's nobody to go back to because it's decentralized. It's just a network of money and, and currency that's just floating back and forth between various people that are investing and selling. And you have no central organization behind this. Don't do this unless you can absolutely afford it. And Steve said, right, disposable income only. And even then, only part of your disposable income. Right. It, and, and for those listening, it's down to 29 cents now, 29.4 cents. So technically, this is a dip. If you want to buy, they say buy the dip. So you're going to go. I'm down and, about 200 something dollars today. It's so not, not 30, 50 something thousand or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm gonna see. It's a lot. It would have took. It would have took. It would have took everything in my body not to just cash that out and then just put another couple thousand in there. No, but see, like, you that way. but see, like, and, but again, my buy-in rate was zero point zero zero seven eight nine. So, like, I, I was telling my friend uh, Yaus the other day, I'm like, I'm basically stuck where I can't sell because I got in so low. It would never make sense for me to sell. So I'm riding it out no matter what. It'll right. go back up. I have confidence in it. The volatility is so, so high. I mean, it, it's part of the game. But like you said, it's fun. It's now where the average Joe can. can, can I think I, think I remember L.E. like saying Dogecoin went shit when it first dropped, though. I did, but I bought it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah. See, I yeah. brought it up. I brought it up because yeah. we were doing a podcast. And I told you guys, I just bought X number. Uh, I think at that time it was like 100,000 uh, coins. I was telling you guys in the grand. I said I spent like thirty five dollars on it or something like that. I should have did. I should have did yeah, that. Man. That's what I'm ah, saying. man. I'm so in so all the other craziness in the world, we continue to have celebrities fighting for pay per view. You know, I'm I'm talking no other than than uh, Jake Paul. Uh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul is fighting for former MMA. Um, 
champ Ben Askren tonight at 11:30 in a boxing and match. It's a boxing match. Now we all know Ben Askren is a wrestler. Jake Paul is a. I guess you you know Dev. You know about Jake Paul. He's been boxing for a while, right? Yeah, he's been boxing for a while. I, I mean, I don't think he could beat another professional boxer, but you know, professional boxers, but professional boxer, man. The worst car salesman, the worst car mechanic is a better car mechanic than me. True. True. And, he, <laughs> and these guys are, they already, already talked about their salaries that Jake Paul's making like 600,000 or 690 and, and Ben's making 500 K plus. Right. But you know, Nate Robinson's still asleep from that last Jake Paul fight. Man, <laughs> I think man. he's just waking up tonight listening to this podcast. So Nate, man. we love you, bro. Stick to basketball. Man, I haven't seen nobody seen him since, right? He hasn't done anything. No, he's been ghost. He has been ghosted. And Askren ask was it Askren? Askren got KO'd in the one of the quickest KOs ever by George Masvidal, who by the way, and I don't like UFC, but I didn't I found this out the other day. Masvidal came up with Kimbo Slice. Did you guys Right, they're they were best friends, yeah. I've been I love I've been watching MMA since like K one. Yeah. So I, I definitely at, know him. At least a purist. Him and him and Rod like yeah, boxing. The sweet I, science. Yes. I, I'm an MMA not, person myself. Not so relevant um, to me anymore. Boxing. I, I can't. I can't get into boxing unless stuff, stuff like this brings me back to boxing, which is just yeah. sad. And yeah. I apologize to all the all the purists of boxing. But, but, but I just cannot get back into boxing. You know, long gone in the days of, of you know Julio Cesar Chavez and. Mm-hmm. You know, Roberto Duran. Yes, yeah. Roberto Duran and Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard, and I just, I, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. Like I remember, I remember when I was little and, and sitting in front of the television, and we had HBO at the time with my dad watching those fights were on HBO, not pay per view. Yeah, and it was just the coolest thing. And then you know, it just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of went away. Uh, when not, when you, UFC came up. I, I, UFC, I, it never clicked with me because it reminded me of like just street fights, and I like I. I like sports, and I know now that UFC involves technique and skill. Back then, it didn't look like it. It was just kind of like, right? Yeah, somebody just got yeah. out the car and <laughs> yeah, right, right. What's yeah. up, huh? But like with boxing, like you know, in, in high school, it was like Roy Jones Jr. in middle school. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Like, dude, he was one of the best ever. You had Prince the Tarver, my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a little dry that. now. You got Errol Spence and guys like that, and you're gonna have this mega fight. Um, between Joshua and uh, Fury, that's going to be the highest paid. You think that's going to happen? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I, I guarantee it to be the highest earning. Like that's the thing with UFC. And me and my guy Trey had this this argument back on the Fifty Six some time ago. But no matter what UFC does, it'll only be a tiny fraction of what boxing is in terms of revenue and what it brings in and what the fighters get paid. And the big problem for, with me and UFC, or at least one of them, is perception. The fighters don't get paid crap compared to, to boxing and other combats. I'm like, pay your fighters $20 million so I feel like I'm watching something important. You know what I mean? And, and, and the other thing is, boxing has guys with records that are 28-1, and 22-2. A lot of the UFC guys that are main guys have multiple losses on their record, so it takes away from the aura of this just dominant champion. And I think that's a problem for a lot of casual fans too, because we expect to see dominance in combat sports and it's really any given Saturday with UFC. Yeah, that's a hundred percent correct is, you know, 
with boxing, you know, in, in MMA, all it takes is one one false move, one one slip, and you're in an armbar, you're in a rear naked choke. In boxing, I feel like it it does take that that one fatal flaw, and then you're out. And and the greats are the greats for a reason. Yeah, you know, and, and we there's a far they're they're in the MMA. You know, they're the Gracies, the the former Shamrocks, the you know they're the the John Jones. They're they're around, but. You're right. It doesn't have the prestige as boxing, but I don't know. It was just something different at the time when it came out. When I first started watching UFC 1 and 2, the first UFC I ever watched on pay-per-view was UFC 2. It was David versus Goliath. You know, and I was a brown belt in Kimball Cray at the time, and we were watching a, you know, Keith Hackney, who's a 2,500-pound guy, take on a, you know, a 450-pound right. sumo wrestler. And he beat his ass, <laughs> you know, but he broke his hand, so we couldn't continue. And I was I was hooked after that. And this was like 19, I want to say 94, 95, maybe. Yeah, I started watching um, like Victor Belfort in K1. Victor, Pride. Yeah, that dude, Pride that dude was the leg kick king. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anderson and... Yeah, but get it, get the celebrities getting into the game. It's I mean I know Jake Jake Paul's a YouTube dude and and Ben's an MMA guy. It, it's all for money. It's all publicity. It's all for for people like us to talk about this and for people. I don't know how much the pay per view fight is to actually view live, but I got fire stick. It's free. It's all about yeah. It's all about making money. It's not really about the sport per se. You know, I I mean I thought Floyd was gonna fight Jake at one point, right? Was yeah, Floyd but... talking about doing it? It didn't. At the end of the day, they said it didn't make any sense. I guess people didn't really want to see it because they knew it was going to happen. Right. Well, and uh, Floyd was going to run around the whole time. What if he caught Floyd though, man? You know, that's that's what I mean. That's why Floyd. That's why Floyd should take the fight though. That's why you should take it. This Floyd, he's not going to number one. No, he's not. But but at the end of the day, Floyd's fifty. Nah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I mean, it would, it would take a lot more than than Jake Paul to take yeah. Floyd down. Like, I mean, Floyd's been in there with some of the best. Pack, oh yeah, you know some of the best. Oh, yeah. Like, come oh, on, yeah. he's, he's a defensive fighter. That's what he does. Is as annoying yeah. as it is to watch, but that that's his game. And, and but if I'm Floyd, I never take a fight just based on what if. No, it wouldn't what happen. If I get caught. I ain't going out with Jake Paul. I'm glad you brought this up because like that that McGregor and Mayweather fight also yeah. really toy with him. It it and I thought that was a bad look for UFC because that's their biggest puncher and the punches he was throwing at Floyd weren't even hurting Floyd. Even when he connected clean, it was like you could tell there was such a difference between a boxer and a, a puncher in UFC. But McGregor was putting dudes to sleep and, and he couldn't even hurt Floyd at all. And it was like, okay, there's a clear difference here between by now granted, there's no wrestling or taking the ground, but that wasn't really what McGregor did anyway. So their best right. guy couldn't even phase now granted Floyd's probably one of the greatest of all time but you get the point though like the punching power between the two sports is insanely different i think, I think even... it would have been a i think it would have been a still a wash but i think if they were going to put somebody out there like that they should have put uh diaz out there because he actually can box yeah nate yeah I, other than that i wouldn't and he would oh, get washed too he, he, he got washed too yeah sure. he got washed uh but you know I, other than that i wouldn't want to see that shit. and i and i heard a rumor that Nganu wants to fight fury I'm like, bro, come on, man. Man, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. But if he catches him, 
but <laughs> okay, it's just come on, it's not gonna happen. By the way, the Black Beast beating Gano, so I don't know what the big hype is. That's who who's that? Uh, what's his name? White, Dan- uh, Daniel. Uh, hold on, man. I'm no, are we talking about the same the guy? Black, the Black Beast, if I is, is just fault. That's who beat Nugano and Gano the last time he lost. The dude that, that knocks everybody out, yeah. Derek Lewis, yeah, Derek Lewis, yeah, the Black Beast. He's the only guy I've seen beat Gano, I think, right. No, he didn't beat Ngannou. Stipe, yeah, Stipe, Stipe something oh. beat Ngannou. I thought the Black Beast beat him no, too. No, no, I don't think so. And I don't even like the sport. See, <laughs> <laughs> but you know about it M- M- through M- osmosis. Yeah. So you know, moving on from our non, our, our last non-football topic is the passing of Black Rob. It's it's a little bit sad today. It kind of came out of out of left field because I didn't I didn't hear about it until a couple people posted on Twitter and then. It kind of went mainstream, but Black Rob passed it. He was battling kidney failure, believe it or not. Mm. And, you know, he's been out of the limelight for quite some time. But, you know, he he, he blessed us with so many. Y'all get ready to put y'all up on yep. something, man. Yo, yo, when you see something ill, you know what I mean? Oh, that I shit is Black Rob. Anything ill you see is Nigga have a big six at the club, that's smoke. Especially if he got the fully equipped kid on it, it's smoke. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, I had this bad bitch of town, she was old. Had me fucked up in the head, I mean. So, yeah, Black Rob. You know, he he fell quickly out of the the bad boy family's graces, if, if you remember. Yeah. He he did yeah, he, he did yeah, his yeah, he did his own album he did you know the bad bad boys he, for life a lot of jail and then time. and then he just never bounced back. Uh, yeah, I think he had a, some other demons. Well, he um, was yeah he was in and out of jail a lot too yeah. during that time. By the way, man, uh, uh, Derek Lewis did beat him right. on I November two thousand eight. I saw it. I saw it. I was like, I watched <laughs> that fight. That's why I couldn't remember it. When, and he's, yeah, he you know beat what him. though? But yeah, R.I.P. to Black Rob and R.I.P. to D.M.X. My favorite of all right. time. Right, yeah, of course, yeah. of course, but. Black Rob, uh, my favorite thing, I'm going to give you my favorite three Black Rob songs. The 24 Hours to Live, which happened to have DMX on it too, from the Mace album, Harlem World. My, my favorite one, that is. That was fire. He had the, um, the Woe joint, of course. And then he had the um, Let's Get It song with G-Dep. Oh, special, yeah, the... Um, it's called Let's G-Dep Get was, Let's G-Dep It. G-Dep was trash. No, he dude, wasn't. I, dude, Man, G-Dep When he was came trash. out with Special Delivery, yes. I'm like one of the few people that love that song. Yes. I love that song. I love that song, but G-Dep was trash. No, he wasn't. That's take this get... money, make this money. Yes. Ain't no way you could take this from That's right. me. That's right. Those are bars. Yeah, no. And um, they had the... Uh, he he had the Child of the Ghetto album. It was good, yeah, man. I, I don't know why you thought that was He's trash. Rock yes. <laughs> this is my favorite song. Get smacked Oh, what a good song that was. Yes, that beat is insane. And this is the other one that you talked about with the locks. Black Rob and Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the one right there. Yeah. yeah. You have 24 hours to live. All great songs. All great songs. Good, 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 good selection, Ellie. Yes, I appreciate sir. that. Yeah, Black Rob. It was it was um sad to see him go, man. Yeah. And, and DMX too, man. It was like two back to back in two separate weeks. One year apart too. Black Rob was fifty one and DMX Oof, was fifty. Man. But, yeah. We get we getting old. Yeah, you know what though? Like with, with Black Rob, it's really, really 
bother some because we didn't hear about them. Like with DMX, it's like we we at least knew what was going on. You know what I mean? Like not demons and stuff, but just like socially, like what he was doing. He was, it seemed like he was finally kind of living a better life and being happy, Um, had a young kid. I mean, he had 17 kids, but he had a, a new one. Um, that was four months old he was enjoying raising and you like you see that with celebrities that kind of go up and down in their younger years and they evolve into a happy older life which kind of gives you know everybody wants to kind of retire and be happy and you know be able to do what they want to do and it seemed like he was starting to achieve that so yeah you know sad to see both of them go but black robson like he was still dealing with things hard when he went and i dare you also as a one of my favorite songs. Yes. I dare you. Yes. To come against me. Well, who was that? Yeah. yeah. Who did the hook? Was that Joe Hooker? Hooker or something Hooker. Yeah. yeah. Something Hooker. I don't yeah. I just remember Hooker was funny when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. What's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite DMX song? Me? Slipping. Yeah. No. Slipping, Slipping's a good one. Slipping's great. My favorite DMX song? That's hard to say because I got a lot of them. I, lo- I mean, I love most of what he put out. Like he was my favorite rapper of all time. Stop being the- greedy. That was dope, oh, but man, no. Um... I mean, when it, it's dark and hell is hot came out, like it was kind. Of, it reminded me of a little bit of. There was a lot of storytelling in that yes. in that CD, and it just immediately Amazing. sucked me in. It was yeah. so good. It was so dark and so good. What was the um? Hey, pull up the joint with him, Mace, and uh. That's, um, the one, that's the one I'm trying to think of. That's probably my the, favorite. The started something song. You know what that uh, is? Um, uh, it's on a. It's on a. Uh, it's I, I got it time. up. I got all the stuff up right now. Now let's see get it played on the the um the joint. Yeah, here we go. I, got, I know what you're talking about this song. Yeah, niggas crazy. done started something. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's not my favorite. <laughs> I feel like DMS go. I feel like DMS go to McDonald's and be like, "I want a Big Mac, number four. <laughs> Do it large." Have you ever have you ever heard him do Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer? Yeah, amazing. No, you haven't heard it, dude. When this is over, you gotta go. You gotta go YouTube it. It's it's classic. Hold on, I'm trying to wait for this song to come up. It is it is classic. All right, what what were we talking about now? What what song did y'all want to hear? Started something with the N word in front of it. All right, Kyrie. (laughs) 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 And niggas with a Z. <laughs> Done started something. Yeah. With a G. With a G. You wonder why they didn't like purposely mispronounce something, but then they <laughs> but they was cool with doing niggas like that, you know? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Should I think of? I also yes. wonder why like the gremlins just didn't just pee on each other. I was watching the other day, like, why ain't y'all just piss on each other and, and get your numbers up? Y'all the one. Run them numbers up. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you think you, y'all think y'all got us around it. Pull out your dick, win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's the one. Every verse in here is crazy. You know whose verse is the best on this one besides DMX's is Mace. Mace's verses. Mace Mace was actually real good, man. Yeah, like, back when the locks wrote his verses. <laughs> <laughs> this was the last, yeah, song. Yeah, was the last right. song. Yeah, last song on his Dark and Hell. Hard. Song. Number nineteen. Hard. Who's, that, who's the best? Who's your favorite locks member? Oh, I like Sheik a lot. I, I think he's. I mean, Jada Kiss obviously. I was a Styles P. I was a Styles P guy. This is Mace right here. Listen to this. 
Oh, so much, so much better than his other. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can hear, you can hear the locks in that verse that they wrote. Oh yeah. On that. You know what though? The first time I think I heard DMX was on Money, Power, Respect. Maybe not the first time I heard. Oh him. yeah, that's that's silly. So that's I, I was fixing to play that till y'all brought up this that's song. That's that, that's song. my favorite because he, when he he sings the chorus and it's just it's unbeatable. Yeah, he and he comes in with that that verse and it's what? just like what? Yeah, he just turns the whole thing to right, another we'll, level. We'll play that one, then we'll, we'll close it out here. But Jay Z, the one Jay Z had a, had a nice verse on that too. Yeah, but he took Jay Z took it off, and you can't find it anywhere. Jay Z, it's, it's on the Money Cash shows on the uh, Lifetime shot. It's on the My Life, whatever one, the Hard Not Life one. But he didn't put the video out with DMX in. It. He put the video out with Beanie Siegel and Memphis Bleak in it. Trash. He, he, Damn, yeah. hold on, Money Cash shows DMX that in the Jay Z album one. I don't know if he's on the album. Um, officially, look, I got it right here. Hold on, I got yeah. all my title shit up. All you hear him on is a hook. Yeah, because he should be like DMX and my dog's bite. But that's that's not at that part yet, though. No, it's not on here. It's not. He took him off, bro, because X killed him on it. Nah, you, you, you never want to be shown up by, by by your own people on your own song. Right. Find. I guarantee you, you're not gonna find his verse. Which is that one? Like, is that like the times? Volume three. Life, volume two. Yeah. Listen, it's gonna go right to there is E M P H I something like that. <laughs> no, that's he's gonna say it. D- no, he's not. Flex and I, Ron Dust Flex. All right, I'll wait. I'm gonna be right here. It says featuring DMX. Yeah. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, no, man. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to find where this is. Nah, bro, I, I fast forward to the next one. Here we go. It ain't, it ain't no. Yeah. Oh, they found one. Okay. Oh, it's on it. I just got it on my tooth. Let him go. That bet they know what will happen. We'll That's on the album. I'm looking on the album right now. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Hold on, I gotta hear this. Oh my niggas, niggas, let a nigga holler. Where my niggas? So like, you won't. But they didn't put out the video with DMX in it. They put out the video with Seagull and Memphis Bleak. Man, I don't remember seeing that video. Though. Yeah, that was the start of. You can't find that. Were Were you on YouTube or did you find that somewhere else? No, this is on Apple Music. Yeah, yeah so I, I got it. I got the uh, title weapon. It has you won't Jay-Z. find that version on YouTube anywhere, and that was the start of the friction. Not the start, but part of the friction between X and Jay Z because at that point they became so competitive that they didn't put the video out with DMX and Jay Z in it. It was just Memphis Bleak and Siegel, and it was they have such a crazy history together. You know what I mean? From like the the Murder Inc. with Ja Rule, right? And, and they were supposed to be that super group, and then it evolved into just competition the rest of their career it's crazy it did don't forget about dj clue man oh love it. Clue Clue the professional. No shit. Yeah. So I, I went down to, i went down to norfolk in 1994 and bought a tape a mixtape 
Yeah. Desert Storm Volume One. Ooh. What's that one? Ding, ding. Uh, a, lot, a lot of big. Stick to the script. My favorite. Yeah, uh, big pun. <laughs> stick to the script. My favorite Desert Storm, or where I guess DJ Clue, Jay Z song. The rap with Clue was he just didn't work hard. Like right. he put out a mixtape like once every six years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like he just he was no DJ Khaled of today. No. Right. Right. Hey, right. we we got a question in from Cody Jones. Just hit the group right now as we as we close this one out. And I'll read it, and we'll we'll talk about it, and we'll we'll. But you got to read in DMX's voice. Yes, <laughs> you got to do it. <laughs> I don't. I, I can't on, do that, man. Let's Justice, hear it. man. Let's hear it. Where are we going? And tight end number two. So like Batman. Oh, I know. <laughs> Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> uh, he? He said. He said, "Why will my prayers be answered?" And 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 we get. A, two solid pass catching tight ends should also discuss the strange disappearance of Kelvin Harmon and what happens if he comes back and, and feels what we all thought he would do after he was drafted. So the question is from, from Cody Jones is why don't we have two pass catching tight ends and, and where's Kelvin Harmon? Well, we know Kelvin Harmon got injured, so we don't, we don't know what's going to happen this year. They drafted Curtis. I mean, they picked up Curtis Samuel, so uh, it's to be determined, but tight end two, I, I don't know who your tight end two is. I really don't. I don't, have, I don't have an answer for that. Hemingway, like it was last year. I mean, do you really trust Hemingway though? Like, who's Hemingway? Know? You know what I'm saying? You're right. Right. Marcus. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how much. Way. I don't know how much stock we're holding on to a number two receiver. Anyways, name another team that everybody's so worried so much about their fucking second receiver or second tight end. Tight end. Yeah. It, yeah I mean. Yeah. Who? Who? Yeah. yeah but that guy never plays though. Yeah. They never play together. It's a lot of teams with two tight ends, bro. We just like the Panthers. I mean, the Seahawks last year had. uh Hollister and Olsen. Yeah. Most teams have two tight ends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not but, saying you don't have two tight ends, but two that you care about. Yeah, no one has done the Gronk and Hernandez since Gronk and Hernandez. Nobody has done it. Right. And, you know, Miami is in position to do it. If they With draft Gisecki. if they draft Pitts and just oh, and they man. have Jacecki, bro, you you can't stop it. A linebacker can't check them, and a safety a safety can't check them, or a cornerback can't check either one of those dudes. We saw Jacecki shitting on people last year. Yep. And just imagine what Kyle Pitts is going to do. Who who'll be who'll be twice as better as Jacecki? I mean, the, 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 dig on Kyle, the dig on Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts is he doesn't catch from tight end; he catches from slot. Who cares? I understand <laughs> Make that. Make it work. But, it, <laughs> but Jacecki's kind of the same way. he's one of those dudes you can just he goes and gets the ball though if you watch some of his highlight tapes from last year he made fitzpatrick look phenomenal right yeah for the first i had him in fantasy football i was like that dude's underrated by by far but as far as we we go yes logan's the number one i don't know who the number two is i i I really don't and and cody i don't think you should get upset because i would say not every team has a second tight end who's a pass catching tight end it's usually you have one passer and then one who's a blocker that's traditional, and as of right now, I would say that that's where we are. It's uh, it's sorry, Steve. Go ahead, no, go ahead. Cut you off. Marcus Ball, because remember we heard his name a lot last year. Coaches really like Marcus Ball. Coaches like Marcus Ball. Maybe they maybe he actually materializes this year. I know nothing about Marcus Ball, right? But I remember hearing his name a lot last year. I just know he played with Dwayne. His last year at Ohio State, and he oh, stayed in. He stayed in. He stayed an extra year, right? <laughs> Anyone who has association with him, yeah, he stayed an extra year. And uh, but he was he was decent. He he didn't have all the crazy numbers because you know they were such an air raid offense. Not wait, wait, wait. Are you saying he also Speaking played of- with Justin Fields if he stayed an I, extra year? You, you know what? 
Ooh, I have to, I have to look that up. You know they're giving high school kids an extra year to come back and play sports? They better not. That's where they are. Because I asked, I was uh, took my took my son to the barber last week, and he was saying that uh, talking about they, their quarterback is coming back. I'm like, didn't that motherfucker graduate? And it's like, yeah, they're letting everybody play, pick one sport to come back and play. Not so you have 19, 20 year old kids out there, man. I can see that in college, but not high school. But, That's nuts, though, right? Hey, but getting on to Cody's second second part of that question is the disappearance of Kelvin Harmon. I mean, if he comes back and, and you know, he relives what we we saw that sliver of, of goodness from two years ago, it's great. Then then now you have your Terry's on the outside, Kelvin Harmon's on the outside, and Curtis Samuel can play on the is inside. Kelvin Harmon on the outside, though? He, I mean, who else is going to be on the outside? Cam. I think that's who it's going to be. I'm not know, hoping man. that's who it's going to be, but I think it's who it's going to be. I mean, oh, we draft somebody. So, so, so that means we have three slot receivers: Samuel, Cam, or uh, Samuel, Kelvin Harmon, and Steven Sims. Steven Sims Jr. <laughs> and Humphreys. And Humphreys, like that's what I'm saying. Like you, you got to put one of and them right. on the outside. And oh, right, yeah, right, Rodney's hometown boy. Yeah, yeah, I. Doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense, I, and I don't know who the odd person out is, but you know, if usually the injured guy usually gets the short short stick, so. But his workout videos looks good so far. Anyways, I think he might go to H back though. You think so? <clears throat> I, don't think I, I don't know. That's what everybody's been saying. <laughs> I mean, Dev says Cam's going to go to safety. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying. It's, I'd rather do it than cut him. Yeah, I no. Yeah, it'd be nice to rather have him than not have him. He's on <laughs> special teams too. So yeah. So Cody, yeah, man, I. I Shout out to Cody. I think we're yeah. Shout out to Cody Jones. I think we're okay at tight end too. Kelvin Harmon's is remains to be seen. I think we got to see how healthy he is coming into training camp and OTAs because we just don't know right now. I mean, look at Bryce Love. He's somehow he's still on this team, and I don't know how. How did <laughs> how did Thaddeus Moss get cut and Bryce Love stay on this team? It's a I, matter of time. I hope it is. Like I guess maybe they just don't have enough running backs, and I, we know we have a ton of tight ends, but. Bryce loves. If you ain't playing this year, bro, you you got it. You have to be gone. You have to be gone. Out of here. Bryce Peace. Love, they got plans for Bryce Love, but they would have let him go already. Nah, he's out yeah. of here, bro. Don't don't. <laughs> he's gone, man. Tell you, man. Y'all don't see Ron like I see him. I guess he. I think that he he don't he doesn't keep people on a team just to be keeping them. Like generally speaking, if you're on a team, chances are you're going to play at some point. Like mm-hmm. actually play. Bro, they just, I think maybe there might be a medical situation where they can't cut him yet. Because remember, he finished the year on IR. I don't know. He's he's not going to be on the team. If he, if he hits a preseason field, man, he's on the team. I'm putting three Doge coins on the fact that he's not going to be on the team start the on. season. I I might take that bet. <laughs> I'm not going to send him to you. Bryce Love. <laughs> That's a good bet. I, three I, Doge I, coins. I hope so too. Three. What's that like? What's that like? Sixty cents. <laughs> right now, yes. Yeah. You don't know what you got to, you know. Man. All right. Well, fellas, it's been good rapping about some football, some Dogecoin, some some celebrity boxing, and you know, we talked what about time does that start? Eleven thirty or eleven. Um we talked about the death of Black Rob and passing of DMX and Cody Jones, thanks for getting that question in. I'm glad we were able to get it in before before we uh closed out here, but Fellas, y'all got any shout outs to close us out? Dev, you got any shout out to anybody? Uh, shout out to my GF. Uh, she is in uh, somewhere in Alabama, the beach, whatever that's called, Gulf Shores. 
uh, with her girlfriends, having fun. So get back safe. Okay. What about you, Ellie? Shout out to DMX and their family. Shout out to Black Rob and his family. You know, rest in peace. Shout out to Cody Jones. Shout out to Rod. Shout out to Phil. Shout out to Steve. Shout out to Deb. Hey, and everybody listening to this podcast, man, trust and believe when the season comes back around, it's about to get jumping like nobody's business on this podcast. So make sure you get subscribed, locked in. Do it now before all the subscriptions are gone. I'm lying, but make sure you check <laughs> it. That's right, because y'all, y'all will be in for a, a special delivery before, yeah. you know, the season ends. And we're going to end it with this. Fuck the whole industry. Yes. Uh, they try to get rid of me. Y'all must be kidding me. One, two, one, two. Y'all must be kidding me. Hey, fuck the whole industry. Turn the mic up. Oh, oh, the mic up. Come on. Stand down in here. Come on. Yo. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 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 Come all right, addicts. Thanks for tuning in to another. This closes out episode sixty-four. Like Ellie said, like, subscribe. Shout out to shout out to uh, Phil. Shout out to Rod who couldn't be here with us today. And uh, fuck Preston Marshall. Yeah, you go. Always saying fuck Preston Marshall. <laughs> until next time, we are T minus two weeks until the draft, and we look forward to to wrapping it up with everybody. So we'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace. Hello. I do. I got a new tattoo.